Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back. Millennials are learning things about their appliances. <laughs> according I like to how TikTok. you say that like you're not a millennial and I'm not a cusper. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we both fall. I, I can't exclude myself from that group. Um there was a story that we saw about this woman who recorded herself and put it on TikTok of just being shocked that her toaster has a crumb tray <laughs> at the bottom, just a, just a tray that you pull out that catches the crumbs and that yeah. you're supposed I guess to like, routinely clean. I guess I had like inches worth of crumbs at the bottom because <laughs> she'd been oh. using it for years and never knew that this crumb tray existed or that like there was a function to catch the crumbs at the bottom of the toaster. Ma'am. <laughs> but she's not the only one. Like I guess a, I guess a bunch of uh, millennials and other youths uh, weighed in and said that they were they were stupid to it too that they didn't know that this existed in their toasters so it's like a tiktok phenomenon when everybody was posting their videos showing the crumb tray the magical crumb tray <laughs> do all toasters like of the ones that you that pop up do they all have crumb trays i mean i'm pretty certain i don't think my one the the one that i had previously <laughs> did <laughs> I mean, it's. I guess it's possible, or maybe you just didn't know it was there. May- like, maybe, like these uh, these dumb millennials. I mean, we are we are now a um, a toaster oven family here, so uh, uh, it's very more apparent when crumbs gather at the bottom. But yes. um, no were hidden there, compartments. Yeah, were there other? appliance um dumb dumb moves that you've made Rachel that you can yeah think I mean of? well I was rolling my eyes at this I'm like millennials am I right like how stupid but then I thought oh I've I've had some pretty dumb discoveries as well like I didn't know that the bottom of your oven the drawer is actually a warmer mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. keep uh dishes warm when they come out of the oven that's a good one. Although, I in, in my defense, it's not true on every stove. Sometimes it's just a storage drawer. Yeah. It's not actually a warming device. I guess it depends. You know, as, as renters, we, neither you nor I have ever purchased um, ovens before. So we have not had the option of choosing one that is a warmer versus just a storage drawer. But yeah. ugh, I'm trying to think of one... That I, I mean, this isn't like a stupid thing, but I do enjoy cleaning the lint tray in my dryer, just pulling out that, that nice piece of lint and throwing it in the trash. It just makes me feel mm, accomplished. I don't know. <laughs> I discovered recently that my dryer has two lint traps and <gasps> I didn't know. Whoa. I, I knew that the, the first one's very obvious, but there, there's another one inside the door that clearly my whoever lived here beforehand obviously didn't know that it was there as well because it had it looked like it never been cleaned. Shoot, I need to check mine out then because maybe because it takes an awful long time for my dryer to dry a little. Like I usually have to why. run two cycles. Yeah, that that you might have saved me some some See? money and some energy and a fire hazard. Yeah, <laughs> not to mention. Is there anything else that you've discovered that other people would be horrified to know that you didn't know about? 
like, okay, for the oven, are you supposed to like run the like clean? Isn't there like a clean cycle or something? Yeah. Self clean. You're supposed to run that. We, I've never run a self clean cycle. Okay. Um, are you supposed to wipe down your, the inside of your like dishwasher? Yeah. You're supposed to clean it too. I don't do that. I feel like you're missing the point here. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like things that you're supposed to do. It's, (laughs) it's things in your home that have a function that you didn't know existed. Right, right, right. Um, at this point in time, nothing's coming to mind. (laughs) But if I did, but if I did own that type of toaster, I would definitely check my crumb drawer because, yeah, I've never cleaned out a toaster crumb drawer either. <laughs> um, eternal okay. mysteries. Okay. Yeah, eternal mysteries. Let's move on then. Um, <laughs> you're welcome for that segment. Um, we watched another show. Yes, we watched um, and, and we were we were provoked to watch this show because yeah. we saw a story on Decider and the writer basically postured that the couple on this show, which is on the Magnolia Network, Chip and Joe's new network on Discovery Plus, the show is called Homework and the writer postured that this couple is going to be the next Chip and Joe and this show is going to be the next Fixer Upper. So naturally we had to see for ourselves um, because that's a pretty big statement to make. Yeah. It was a wild claim. Um, it was a wild to- claim. And I, I have to say that um, I see the parallel. I really do. Like, um, you know, Fixer Upper, it follows Chip and Joe, a very close couple, very loving couple. Homework follows a very close, very loving couple. Um, they have big fam. They both have big families. They both are um, completely gut renovating uh, historic homes. The couple in Homework are renovating an old schoolhouse built in 1907 um, for themselves. For themselves, in addition to doing other projects for clients. Um, and then Chip and Joe, of course, spent years renovating their farmhouse um, in addition to doing projects for other clients. Um, they both have signature styles, Chip and Joe with Modern Farmhouse, and this couple whose name is uh, Andy and Candace Meredith. Um, their style, Rachel. I old mean, world um antique victor neo victorian victorian old old victorian meets farmhouse like yes it's a style that is not <laughs> up my alley i will say we will we will get into the style um okay. so on the surface i can see how this writer made the connection on paper on paper <laughs> they yeah they're parallels but it's like there's something missing in the recipe. They are not at all the same, I would yes. say. No, this yeah. episode just premiered on, as you mentioned, Magnolia Network. Uh, it's on the Discovery Plus streaming platform. Future episodes, I believe, air in July, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to say. But you can mm-hmm. get a sneak peek now. And I'm just going to say, this episode was 48 minutes long, and I thought it felt like 48 hours long. It was a slog. Like I, I had to keep pausing. I came back to it. I just, I didn't know if I was going to make it at one point. 
<laughs> um, I did. I didn't know if I was going to make it. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I, I did make it, but I didn't know if I was going to. It was it was hard to it, it did not keep my focus. I I agree with you. And what it's lacking is spunk, uh, s- spunk, sar- sarcasm, um, energy, humor, humor, energy. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> all the things that make watching a TV show enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, you can call Chip and Joe annoying or, you know, chips of just over the top, whatever. But at the end of the day, like that's what makes it entertaining to watch them and kind of their like sarcastic banter back and forth. I don't, I don't think that no offense to Candace and Andy, like that, this is just not their style, but I don't think they like know what like a joke is. (laughs) (laughs) They're very sweet. The whole thing. And I think that's probably what the turnoff was. I mean, I appreciated the love that you can see between them. Oh yeah. Um, Candace seems like, you know, a gem. Like she's she's very authentic and she seems like she'd make a really good friend. But um as for TV, it was just very saccharine to me and it was just overly sweet. And even the soundtrack, it was a lot of like what's that song by Philip somebody called oh. Home? Gonna make this place, place your my home. home. Yeah. Yeah. It was very like music like that and it just it felt over the top trying to you know, be a gut punch to the heart. (laughs) And I don't, I don't like you trying to make me feel like that. And the opening, the opening, um, scene, the opening shot was like Candace walking through a wheat field, like running her hands along like the wheat. (laughs) And it's like, you can hear the wind, then you can hear like wind chimes. And I'm just like, I'm not coming for a sense, sensual like experience. I just want (laughs) to be entertained. (laughs) Like, but I think that's what Chip and Joe are trying to go for. They're trying to get away from like a game show feel. They're trying to get away from like, which house are they going to pick? And like, these are really like lifestyle shows that, that they're trying to produce for their network. So I guess it was just, oh. yeah. And, they, and it's not to say that lack drama at one point in the episode, the schoolhouse that they are renovating for themselves, they had just put in flooring and stained the flooring and the kitchen was coming together and uh unexpected thunderstorm rolls in and the roof there's no roof on the place so the whole house is basically flooded mm-hmm. and she's crying candace is crying on camera and that's the part that i actually felt was really authentic and i appreciate yeah. it. it wasn't manufactured drama um and i felt for her in that moment so the, I mean, the episode wasn't without drama, but it's just, I don't know. It just, yeah, you're right. It needed that chip gains energy or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was just a, like a low hum the entire episode. And we needed some like, some sparks of like something to come yeah. about. There's a lot of focus on their, on it being like a large family. She, so they have seven kids, right? Mm-hmm. Are they... Did they Brady Bunch it? Because they have six boys and one girl. Yeah, they did Brady Bunch it. So um, Andy had three boys from his previous relationship. Candace had three boys and they got married and then they had um, a daughter. She, she, she's the youngest little girl. It was, 
you know, just from a very minor deep dive that I did on their Instagram, because I was curious just about them and their kids and stuff. I I wanted to know their kids' names, frankly. Because oh, I, what are they? Well, I only found out one. I think his name is Parker. Yeah. Um, But I, I slacked you, Rachel. I was like, I bet these... I, I, what are their kids' names? I bet they're like hipster. Like, very millennial or sorry, yeah. not even millennial, but like Gen. Or very like, either like very religious Why? or like very hipster. Gen Z, yeah. Um, but so I was going through their Instagram and they they really don't feature the sons like at all on their Instagram. <laughs> it's mainly Kit, their daughter, who to me just through the show and then also the social media seems like the golden child like the star like um, their own little john benet ramsey <laughs> <laughs> i mean God. i got the same impression there was a lot of focus on her and i think even in the episode they said that they knew that if they had a child it was going to be perfect and it was going to be a girl and i'm thinking oh my god if i were one of their sons i would want to go to therapy immediately yeah. And then just to, right and then just to see Kit featured so like she was doing like painting projects with her mom in the show. And so the only part of me that kind of thought that this might have been okay was because maybe the boys um other parents that Candace and Andy's exes don't want the their boys on camera or to have their faces all over social media as much because um, I believe all the boys are under 18 yeah. and so you know maybe the other parents like no I just want like very minimal like public eye to be on them um, but that then Kit sense. being Andy and Candace's you know they can throw her a star there. yeah <laughs> Um, I needed less kit, I'm going to say. <laughs> like, I would have been okay with less kit. What was wrong with kit? I don't, just, I don't know. The whole thing was just too sweet. I just... And grandma. What about grandma? Oh, yeah. They brought in Grandma Mary to make crepes or roll-ups, as they called them. And <laughs> I don't know. It's just... Um, I want to talk about their sweet. their design aesthetic a little bit. Um, yeah. And we mentioned in the beginning, it's kind of like old world neo-Victorian, a little bit of like farmhouse thrown in, very collected, very antique shop, very like old dressers and da da da. And, um, like dark dramatic spaces too, with enormous chandeliers and enormous wall paintings and, canopied beds like there it's there's a lot there's a lot going on canopy beds with tassels I mean they renovated this um this main bedroom and bathroom for I'm a couple that looked like they're twins frankly um was that Candace's (laughs) sister Oh, I thought you meant the couple looked like they were twins, like they married, like brother and sister married. No, the 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 woman looked like Candace, and I, the I man agree. looked like Andy, I and agree. they were even like all wearing the same shoes and the same clothes. It was bizarro. I mean, maybe um, that's just the style in in Utah, which is maybe. by the way where this is filmed. So they they designed this this master this main bedroom, and uh, it's really. I meant, uh, when I saw the the reveal, I said, holy Versailles. I mean, 
Candace, uh, toward the end of the renovation, she goes, I'm going to create a canopy for the bed. And she grabs tassels. And I say, huh? (laughs) You did message me. Oh, my God, Rachel. And then capital letters, tassels. (laughs) (laughs) And like Versailles, straight up. Like this is a bed treatment that you would see at the Palace of Versailles in France like yeah the dude even said he walked in he said oh I feel like a king this is the king's chambers so Mm -hmm. it was very it's kind of Bridgerton-esque I will say Mm -hmm. it was a little Regency era kind of decor and that's I didn't hate it but it's just not me it is not my style it yeah I didn't it's not my style either is this where design is going um from what I have read and the designers that I've spoken with there is a trend toward kind of new Victorian Mm -hmm. I think we Mm -hmm. are going to see more touches of trying to make new things look old Mm -hmm. but this was 100% that this was not touches this was an immersion in (laughs) Victorian uh, decor and it was like a bed chamber yeah. Yeah. To me, it was it was too much. I did like the dark, moody walls um, mm-hmm. and the, some of the antique dressers that they did. Like, they were nice, but paired with antique art and antique lamps and the bed canopy and everything, it was just, for me, it was too much. And on top of that, the biggest thing I thought was this was a, a room made to look very old in a house yes, that was thank you. new. Thank you. It did not, What what's inside does not match the outside. It really bothered me. Yeah. They showed the outside of the house and I was like, this house was built in 1980. Like, yeah. Or 1990. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you step into the bed chamber and it's like, <laughs> oh, we're back in Victorian era. Okay. I mean, if they ever try to sell this house, I feel like they're going to have a hard time doing so. I was thinking that too. In the bathroom, they did this. Really cool, but also very unique. Um, uh, uh, standing tub, like a soaking tub, a copper soaping soaking tub, with um, a stone lion's head um, that shot out the water faucet. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Good luck finding a buyer who's into that." Okay. Uh. Um, but maybe this is their forever home, and if that's the case, then good for them that they that they pursued their dream of of having that type of um, master. And yeah, yeah, I just I don't know. Yeah. So on the whole, um, I don't see myself revisiting this show when more episodes launch in July. Um, Rachel, it sounds like you are in the same boat. I am sort of curious to see the end result of their schoolhouse transformation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. But I I would just like fast forward. I don't want to. I'm not going to sit through these episodes. Or I'm sure the pictures will be in like people or like Domino magazine, you know, or something. Yeah. Like, we'll just have to bookmark it and remember to follow up. And uh, it's worth noting that um, Andy and Candace Meredith um, had a previous show on TV. They were um, they were on H- yeah they had an HGTV show called Old Home Love, and um, 
and I think they did the same thing. They it was a renovation show, and um, they have a book. So I think they've been in the game for a while. And it's old uh, home love, not old house love. Old home love. Okay. You're thinking of young house love. There's young house love <laughs> yes. and old home love. Okay. And they're old home love. <sighs> anyway, deaf. They're deaf, not the next fixer upper. Yeah, I I think that was a incorrect claim. Yeah. Swing and a miss. Um, speaking of old houses, uh, we have a fun interview coming up, so stay tuned, and you might want to grab a glass of candy. One of the most iconic homes in cinematic history is the house of Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. The house was recently up for sale, and we were wondering on podcasts recently who might actually snatch it up. Well, we've got the buyer with us today. Welcome, Chris Rowan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I do appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks for being here. We're so curious to hear your story about why you chose to buy this house, what you're hoping to do with it. So start at the beginning. How did you find out that the house was up for sale? And um, how did you manage to to nab it? Uh, you know, it, it wasn't a planned attack. I will tell you that. Um, it was a very interesting thing. I'm a, I'm, I'm a lifelong horror fan uh, in, of the genre. I love horror movies. I have since I was a, a young kid and I also make a living in the film production industry. So I've worked on some and I do commercials and things like that. And um, one day back in October, I was uh, reading an article um, on some horror page on one of my social media uh, channels. And um, it just said something the equivalent of Buffalo Bill's house goes on the market. And I was like, oh man, I got to check this out. So, you know, sure enough, I, I read the article and confirmed it was in fact you know buffalo bill from silence of the lambs it's one of, always been one of my favorite movies and uh i read it was for sale and and found out it was in pennsylvania which was uh you know within a driving distance of of my home location i started having some some thoughts about you know w- what this place could be and having gone to a number of horror themed you know um you know destinations um you know on my own uh, over the years and seeing other horror houses um, not that I could tour per se, but other famous ones, uh, like in Southern California, there's, uh, the house from Halloween and, uh, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger's house from Nightmare on Elm Street. And I just started brainstorming and, uh, the gears started turning. And what did those gear, what are those gears turning toward? Well, I started thinking about, you know, what kind of experience that I like to have as, as a fan of the genre and realize that there's tons of other people, um, you know, who love horror as much as I do and uh, would probably love to spend the night at Buffalo Bill's house. And I just mm-hmm. thought it was a really unique opportunity. And I thought it over for probably not more than a few hours before mm-hmm. I uh, reached out to the realtor uh, firm that was representing them, uh, the home, and uh, placed a call and uh, did a little paperwork and uh, for pre-approval. And the next thing I know, within a few days, it was about three or four days, I got in the car and drove out to Periopolis, Pennsylvania to uh, do do the walkthrough tour. Was there a bidding war? Did you have to fight against other uh, potential buyers? There were were multiple multiple offers. Um, I do recall that the bidding process was uh, particularly short. 
Um, I don't think it was uh, more than a week. Um, they were the they were looking to move the house very quickly. The seller was looking to move the house very quickly. So I believe there was five or six other bids on the home from what I, uh, I was told. And um, I was just super grateful to find out that, uh, you know, mine was the one that was accepted. I was uh, I was literally jumping for joy as, uh, as silly as that sounds. I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was really a, a special moment for me. Did you, so some, some buyers, you know, to win a a bidding war, they will write a letter or, you know, let the owners know of their, their intentions with the house. Did you do that? Were you like, I'm such a fan of the horror genre and just to be able to own a little piece of horror film history would just make me so happy. Yeah, actually, that's um, actually you, you hit the nail right on the head. That's that's pretty much exactly what I did. Um, after putting in a bid, I, I passed along a, you know, handwritten, uh, well, you know, email, but, you know, written, uh, written note to, um, uh, to the, to the, to the, uh, to the seller and just uh, basically explained uh, some of the, some of my background of, uh, of working in film production and being a lifelong horror fan. Um, I'm also the host of the New York City Horror Film Festival, which is an annual event that takes place in New York City every year and caters to independent horror cinema. So, you know, I basically just you wrote a few paragraphs, a very heartfelt letter, and um, I hope I, I hope it, uh, it it did what I set it out to do because the, the bid was accepted. Well, I have what might be a pretty dumb question, but I guess maybe I thought that the house was used for the establishing shots and that the interior was not filmed in but it sounds like it was they did use the inside is oh, that yeah. correct oh yeah yeah no uh, extensively um you you are right in the fact that the exteriors were used for the establishing shots of course the famous scene with the uh, clarice played by jodie foster and uh and ted levine uh you know who of course per- portrayed buffalo bill at the front door when he invites her in and they shot extensively in the in the foyer uh, as well as uh, you could see a little bit of the living room in that mm-hmm. foyer scene as well, and um, as well as the dining room is 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 the big sequence where the formal dining room and um, Clarice is questioning Buffalo Bill, and uh, he's kind of uh, uh, fumbling through some business cards trying to get Pumper right. for information, and it's at that moment that she sees one of the uh, the famous Death's Head moths. Um, you know, kind of uh, fly down in the uh, on some of the sewing apparatus, and it's at that moment she realizes that, of course, he's the killer. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she draws her 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 gun on him, and uh, they also shot extensively in the in the kitchen as well, and then uh, down uh, the stairwell leading into the basement. So you basically inherited a film set. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty amazing. Um, I mean, the 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 the, the curio china cabinet. Um, where Buffalo Bill in the dining room is is going through those business cards. It's exactly the same. Um, cool. You know, the 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 uh, the floor looks exactly the same. Um, you know, all the woodwork is 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 there. Um, but it it's really period correct, and it really does harken exactly back to what you see on screen. So, for fans of the movie who you know ultimately come and stay at Buffalo Bill's house, um, you should have no problem recreating some of those uh, some of those shots from the movie. So tell us a little bit about that. You said you want to uh, allow fans to come in and stay. Um, is this going to be like an Airbnb situation? What is your like business plan going forward with the house? Yeah, so um, it's kind of a multifaceted plan. 
Um, there's a couple different things I'm looking to hit upon, but first and foremost is definitely the ability to stay overnight at Buffalo Bills, book a night, book a weekend, you know, hang out, check out the house, you know, see the filming locations. Um, in addition to that, um, being, you know, my background being in film production, um, I do a lot of uh, on-location shooting, um, you know, for work. So I realized that, you know, uh, unique locations are, um, you know, diamonds in the rough out in the wild. Um, so I am going to open up the home for on-location filming opportunities uh, for the Pittsburgh community and anyone else who wants to come in and, and utilize the property, you know. And then lastly, the other thing I want to do, which I'm not going to roll out right away, but uh, hopefully sooner than later, is uh, do a guided tour aspect uh, for the home. Um, so that if you don't have the, the time to, you know, commit to staying overnight, that you could still come in and stop by for a few hours, um, you know, basically make it out to be something that, you know, a handful of times a month, uh, do, you know, uh, guided tours of the property and let people see those filming locations and things like that. The basement is kind of, uh, what I get a lot of questions about and everyone really wants to know, uh, you know, is the well, the famous well where he kept his victims, is it really there? Is the, uh, is his workshop down is there? Is it? <laughs> well, unfortunately, the truth is that those sequences were not shot at the house due to, you know, uh, limitations of shooting in a real home. Mm -hmm. uh, th those were shot on a soundstage uh, okay. elsewhere. But um, I do have some really unique plans I'd love to share with you about my uh, for the basement that are uh, all about uh, all about that. So yes, share um, with us, please. <laughs> I'm looking to uh, recreate uh, sets for both the well and the workshop of horrors in the basement. Nice. Um, there, there is a real cold cell coal cellar in the basement, and um, it's kind of the perfect uh, perfect room to drop a fabricated well in. Um, I say fabricated because I'm not going to, you know, excavate and dig into the earth yeah. and build a real well or anything along That would be expensive. Lines. That's not very, very expensive. Structural issues, whole whole nine yards. But uh, I'm going to utilize my background uh, in film production to uh, create kind of like a faux a faux well, if you will. Uh, that will really create uh, unique photo opportunities for our guests and maybe put a basket with some lotion in it and a little little yes. toy stuffed poodle and, and things of that nature. Fake, of course, um, you know, for, for some unique photo ops. And on the other side of the basement, uh, recreate his workshop of horrors, which is kind of where he keeps his sewing station and the dressing mm -hmm. mannequins. Yeah. Uh, that's the famous sequence where, of course, he does his uh, the, the Buffalo Bill dance that everyone loves so much. Myself yeah, you're going to have to get goodbye horses on a loop. You're, you're absolutely right. We're going to have it standing by <laughs> disco ball the whole nine. We'll have it uh, uh, posted up on a Bluetooth speaker nearby so everyone can uh, everyone can get their Buffalo Bill dance going while they uh, check out the basement. Did I also read correctly that you might be handing out night vision goggles? So that is correct. Really play the yep. Yep, I'm, I'm, I've already been sourcing, going through uh, options and stuff. I figure, you know, once the sets are recreated, uh, to kind of cap it all off and provide a, a, a true fan experience, uh, why not provide a pair of, uh, you know, uh, high-grade uh, night vision goggles, turn off all the lights and explore the sets on your own, see what pops up down there. Do your friends and family think you're nuts for pouring your money into this, or are they all completely on board and think it's just the coolest thing? They were not totally surprised um, when I when I told them what I was doing. Um, they 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 definitely thought um, that it was a, a, a most unique vent business venture and uh, you know passion project because it is you know first and foremost I would call myself a fan uh, you know of the genre and everything. But um, 
I also have looked for a way for some time to kind of uh, wrap up my love of, of the horror genre and, you know, my professional background in the film business all into one, you know, venture. And uh, Buffalo Bill's House kind of became that perfect venture for me to, you know, uh, combine work and play, if you will. I'm sure they're excited to come stay too. So yeah, oh, for sure. Everyone's waiting. Everyone's waiting for the invite to uh, Buffalo Bill's house for sure. There's, there's no doubt about it. How soon? How soon can we come? When can we book our flight? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so uh, actively working every day. Um, I tell everyone that you know the, the the truth is this is a very small family run operation. It's a it it, it is a legitimate small business. Um, I'm working around the clock to get the home ready. I'm doing some some new uh, some new furniture and some new furnishings and things like that. So, um, you know, I'm not putting an actual date on it uh, just yet, but uh, I'm hoping uh, to be completely open by the summer months. Um, but the best way to stay in tune and uh, keep keep posted uh, on all that information is uh, on our website, which is buffalobillshouse.com. And we also have a number of social media pages, which we're all very active on. Uh, we're on Facebook as Buffalo Bills House, and you can search us on Instagram as well. Uh, our handle there is at Buffalo Bills House. Uh, we're also on Twitter and TikTok, and that's at Buff Bills House, B-U-F-F-B-I-L-L-S-H-O-U-S-E. Um, and I do a ton of content. Um, I take pictures out there, and um, it's all silent-inspired content. If you're a fan of the movie and fan of horror in general, I would definitely say check out our social, and uh, that's where we'll, be, where we'll be making the announcement. And actually, the coolest thing that happened just last week on the social media front um, could not believe it. It was actually brought to my attention from uh, from one of our followers on Facebook, um, who saw it on Twitter. Is that you know you know horror maestro, you know super novelist Stephen King himself actually uh, did a retweet about uh, put out a retweet about Buffalo Bill's house on his personal account. Oh wow. Oh, well, now you know you've arrived. Like, you can die a happy man now, right? Yeah, I, it was super shocking. I could not believe it. Um, he There was a tweet from um, another author um, who had a significant following talking about Buffalo Bill's house being open to uh, guests in the near future. And then um, Stephen King himself uh, retweeted her tweet and said uh, it puts the lotion on its skin uh, <laughs> and sent the retweet out. I was blown away that... Um, you know, uh, that it, it had made it as far as Stephen King himself and to kind of have, uh, you know, uh, just a little, a little piece of, uh, a little piece of, uh, uh, his blessing was, uh, w- was a real honor as a fan for sure. That's great. Natalie, do you have anything you wanted to No, I just want to say thank you, Chris, for joining us, um, and, and for sharing your plans with the Buffalo Bill house and who knows, maybe Stephen King will, come down he lives on the east coast right maybe he'll come down for a, for a visit he does yeah I, I i'm i'm pretty sure he lives up in maine he uh I, I'm, I'm told he has a quite a quite a quite an estate up that way and um so not t- not terribly far probably within a few hour drive and um you know i'm just very grateful that um you know it's been so well received and the feedback has been positive i think it's going to be the most badass place to stay on the east coast for sure <laughs> we look forward to it. We will keep an eye out and uh, we'll be booking that flight imminently. Thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so much. Right. 
Now it's time for Making Moves. This is the segment of our show where we discuss homes that we've talked about previously and give you an update on what's going on with them. We've got a couple big ones today. First and foremost, this is not a sold or not sold update. This is Shaquille O'Neal's home in Florida. We reported a couple weeks back that the deal had fallen through on his home. Uh, The buyer that they thought that they had found did not want it anymore. And we said that, you know, we thought it was probably because the house was very customized to Shaq's taste. Because there's a literal, like, Mack truck coming through the wall (laughs) and a 30-foot round bed in the the master bedroom so that that could be a challenge for some buyers who are trying to envision themselves yeah yes yeah we have since been informed that i guess the people selling shack's house realize that this is a challenge and they have taken on a whole new strategy in fact the 30-foot bed has been removed and shack's house has been redesigned altogether to appeal to a buyer Mm -hmm. uh which i think is great it's good that they made this decision it seems like maybe a decision they should have made earlier yeah it's kind of like about time guys like this house is he's been trying to sell this house since 2018 so um maybe you know their strategy i'm assuming their strategy going into it was you know let's play on the pedigree of Shaq and his you know, the owner can or the buyer can buy his massive bed and all these crazy, you know, pieces of memorabilia inside of his home. Um, but now they're realizing that people don't really care about those, even though he's like one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Like they just want a nice house ultimately. Well, yeah. So and um, I think they they thought for a long time this was overpriced. So as you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's been on the market since 2018. At that time, it was $28 million. Yeah. And um, his new listing agent, he has a new agent too. So that's that's helping with this. And the new agent admits that that was overpriced for the time. Um, that asking price came down, was slashed to $22 million. Um, and then in 2020, it was reduced again to $19.5 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the biggest change, as I said, was that they got rid of the big 30-foot bed in the house, which how did they do that? I don't know. Like that that just seems like having to lift the roof off of the house and like pull the pull the bed out um that way. I don't know how you get a 30-foot mattress through a door. Um but they did it and you know they brightened up the movie theater area um they actually staged like a home office which is important um in this day and age when more and more people are taking working from home into consideration so yeah i think th- this is a good strategy it's it's something that we recommend um and and we always hear recommended when people are having trouble selling their house is to restage refresh the photos um so i I think that this can only help andy got a new listing agent um i guess in february i love i love this story maybe we should get this guy on the pod uh his name is benjamin holman and he told us at realtor.com he said that in february he got the call that he'd been waiting for and he describes shaq calling him up and saying hey ben it's shaq and then Ben said, well, it's about time you called me. 
Oh, so he's so Ben's like a fixer. I, it looks like that. And <laughs> just to clarify, I think I might have we might have misstated earlier. The most recent price on the home was sixteen point five million, which is mm. a huge reduction from the original twenty eight million. It um, is, yeah. And Ben, it sounds like, is not recommending another reduction, but just to restyle the home, as you talked about. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that one, as we have for a while. Um, the next story in Making Moves, you know, the saga of Kelly Clarkson's Encino farmhouse. Um, we reported that the deal was contingent, which we were very excited about. But it looks like the house is back to active status. So the deal fell through. And once again, Kelly's trying to find a buyer for her place. Yeah, she still um, has two massive homes, one in, in Encino and one in uh, Hendersonville, Tennessee, yeah. that she can't seem to sell. Yeah, this this place here is just shy of $9 million. Um, we've talked about the decor. It's, it's farmhouse, but it's not like offensive farmhouse. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's certainly, if farmhouse isn't your jam, you can certainly like de-farmhouseify it and it can go modern. Um, you know, it, it has a really nice backyard. So I, I don't know what the issue is with this place. Maybe it's just a little high priced. Um, I don't know. I, I really hope our girl Kelly Clarkson can pull through though. We, we want to see her get a good deal for this one. Um, and then finally, the Super Bowl performer, uh, last Super Bowl, the weekend, his house is contingent. We reported when this house came on the market, uh, right? Or did we, we talked yeah, about well, how no one wanted his house. Yeah, he was our loser, I believe. Um, it was right after the Super Bowl because, yeah, yeah he was having trouble selling this house. Right. And the only reason I can see for that is the price tag. It's $22 million. And as we've discussed before, the pool of buyers for a home that expensive is going to be pretty small. The house mm-hmm. inside is incredible. Uh, his his tastes are delightful. A plus. Yeah. Very modern. Very just like high end. Clean. Inside. Luxurious. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So... I'm glad that somebody snapped it up. Um, not that the weekend really needed uh, somebody to do that for his financial portfolio. <laughs> it's in Hidden fine. Hills. And I think this place, you know, there's a large swath of Kardashians in Hidden Hills. Um, Drake lives in Hidden or has a house in Hidden Hills uh, or did or something. So it's Hidden Hills is a huge celebrity haven. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming that whoever snapped this up is probably an A-lister. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to see if it's someone that we, that we recognize. We'll keep an eye on it. See if we can dig that up. I bought tickets to go see him a year from now. Did you? I did. (laughs) Right after the Super Bowl. Because of the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, I it wasn't me. It wasn't my idea. But uh, some friends were inspired and very susceptible to the marketing of the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. We got online and they were pretty cheap because it was a year out. And we were like, OK, well, we can be doing things by then, I'm sure. Hopefully. So, yeah, 2022, the weekend. All right. Well, and that's that's it for making moves. 
let's move on to winners and losers. We are going to talk about one celebrity who made a bad deal, bad real estate deal, and one celebrity who made a good deal, might have um, picked up some cash. So our loser this week is Rosie O'Donnell because she sold her property at a $1 million loss. Um I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> well, uh, this is this, a crazy story. Her her house yeah. has been on the market for five years, so yeah. she was already having trouble selling it. She finally and did in, sell it at a loss. Sorry to interrupt. This place is in New Jersey, by the way. Yes, this is her New Jersey house. Yes, New Jersey. Um, she sold it as Natalie mentioned at a one million dollar loss for five point three million dollars. So she got rid of it, but. Wait, there's more. Mm. Uh, apparently, they're going to demolish the house and build affordable housing in its spot, mm-hmm. which is making the neighbors who are rich and exclusive very, very angry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's um, apparently it's a very complex issue. We're not going to get into lo- the logistics of um the fair housing, uh, fair hair, excuse me, (laughs) the fair share housing center of New Jersey. Um, essentially the neighbors are not happy. Rosie didn't, you know, she lost a million dollars, um, in this sale and, uh, yeah, it's just all around, not a good real estate deal. Unless she was just like desperate and just want to get rid of it. So maybe she's happy that she, yeah, maybe she's just happy that it's off her plate. And it's a good real estate deal, I guess, for those who need affordable housing. But it sounds like it's going to be a lot of drama with the the NIMBY, the not in my backyard neighbors who don't want lower income people around. And um, that's, as Natalie mentioned, that's a, it's a whole rabbit hole that we're not going to go down, but it, it is mm-hmm. interesting. And if you want to tune in and see more about the story, we'll link to it in our show notes. Um, okay. And then our winner is DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Hey. Yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. The music producer... Uh, Snapchat star DJ Khaled um, he sold his Beverly Hills home uh, in an off market deal for 12.5 million dollars and that's much less than he bought it for apparently he bought it in 2016 from British pop star Robbie Williams you mean as much more than he bought it for did I say less yeah Oh, well, yeah, then that wouldn't make sense because he wouldn't be a winner. Um, yeah, he so he bought it in 2016 for $9.9 million and he just sold it in an off-market deal for 12.5. So yeah. that's a win right there. And all he all he does is win, win, win no matter what. Wow, nice callback. Mm-hmm. How long were you thinking of that? Just, just popped into my brain. Interesting. Well done. Uh-huh. Uh, as you mentioned, I cut you off. He bought it back in 2016 from Robbie Williams. So it has some celebrity pedigree. Uh-huh. I would really like to see inside. I I, I don't know if you're going to no. include this, but I, I would disclose to our listeners, we don't have photos of the interior. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious how Khaled lives. Because I kind of think it's 
probably going to be pretty wild. Well, we've seen his mansion, like his Miami mansion. I, when he was like doing his Snapchat thing a couple years ago, I followed him and, you know, he would show his gym. He would show his kitchen. Didn't he have like a Um, DJ booth like a or like a silent disco or something? I don't I don't remember that. I don't know. He showed like he had a huge closet, just like a shoe closet and just very opulent. Um and yeah, it was that sounds kind of right. and it was kind of like cheesy opulent a little bit. Like it was That also sounds it, about right. It wasn't like the weekend opulent. It was kind of like I mean, it's DJ um, Khaled. I know. It's <laughs> it, it didn't surprise me. So maybe this place, yeah, I really hope that we do we'll dig around for some photos so we can we can see the inside maybe we'll post them to instagram once we find them but um for that sale for for making a nice little profit dj khaled is our winner of the week And that's it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to learn more about the houses that we talked about today, you can go to your show notes. Uh, We will link all the stories there in your podcast app. Or you can go to realtor.com slash news. Um, You can find all the stories that we um, talked about today. And then also other stories about celebrity real estate and entertainment and advice and all of that. Um, You can also just plain old Google realtor.com in the topic. Uh, and then if you have an extra minute or two, please scroll down on your podcast app, give us a five-star rating and write us a review that helps people find us. And we love hearing what you guys have to say. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us. We are podcast at realtor.com. That's singular podcast at realtor.com. We would love to hear from you there. If you want to join us in the conversation on our social media channels, we're there too. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We are at House Party Pod on all three. Thank you uh, again for tuning in this week, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Ciao.